Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Episode 107 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Jones Street Press, Boutique Stationery and Design. Visit jonesstreetpress.com and click on the shop link and use the coupon code CAST10, just one word, CAST10, one zero, C-A-S-T, one zero. You guys got that CAST10 for 10% off any mug or notepad purchased through December 16th of this year. And you have a name, too? And a cock? I cannot marry you without it. It's not allowed. Yes, Fergus. In its entirety, if you please. It's just Fergus. Surely you have a surname, do you not? I cannot marry you properly without one. Fraser. name is Fergus Claudel Fraser. Well, Fergus Claudel Fraser. Wonderful. Wilt thou, Fergus Claudel Fraser, have this woman for thy wedded wife? I will. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome. I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and I think that might be one of the most heartwarming, endearing scenes that Outlander has produced so right? far in its in its entirety. Right. And that that's that's speaking volumes, I think, for um, what that scene meant and uh, what it what it is uh, meaning going forward and. All the things that they've actually accomplished so far in the show. Uh, just really good stuff. And if you can't tell, um, <laughs> I'm getting sick, <laughs> so my voice sounds like crap. And uh, and it sounds like crap because uh, and my kids were sick, and which is the reason why uh, we were late for this episode. So thank you for, very much for your patience. Uh, and and uh, dealing with you know hashtag parent life so uh, <laughs> so you're gonna have to deal with my sniffles and my terrible sounding voice uh, for for at least the next 45 minutes or so we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens all right well while we do that <clears throat> let's chat about the kilt rating so the kilt rating for this episode what did you give it 
Oh, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to, this is, I feel like this is a hot take alert. Give it to me. This is a hot take alert. Give and it I to feel me, like, baby. I feel like the Outlander verse is going to kill me on this one. Oh no. Uh, I'm giving it a 4.3. Okay. I'm giving it a 4.3. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because this episode was, it was maddening for me. Maddening. Tell me more. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> and there's so much to love in this episode. Yes, there is. Uh, there's, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but there's just so much to love uh, between the Fergus and the Margus stuff, and <laughs> and Claire on the island, and um, the wedding scene, and and even the the turtle soup, all 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 great stuff. But oh my God, it's just, you know, I I hate. You know, being that guy that's like, whenever you hear somebody say like, oh, you know, the tone was weird or, you know, the pacing was a little off. It's like <laughs> that is usually an indication of somebody who's just like trying to find something to say this so they sound intelligent. Okay. Um, that being said, I felt like the tone was off. <laughs> uh, and uh, and and the, the coincidences. Oh, my God. The, co- the coincidences as I bang my head against the mic. Uh, just wow, 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 wow. It's, 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 and that is the maddening part because there's so much to love, yet there's just so much to be annoyed about. It's all good. It's all good. So I'm giving it a 4.3. Okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, but there's just some stuff that we, I got to get the demons out on and okay. we, we got to talk about it. My love, how about you? What do you got? I give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a surprise. Hey now. Right. Are you guys surprised? No. Are no. you surprised, Blake? Uh, no. Not at all, as a matter of fact. I, you were laughing throughout this whole episode, yes. and you were enjoying it. I, I was actually laughing quite a bit, too. Yes, you were. Um, which, again, is one of the reasons I just why. loved this episode. I had so many different feels. I was taking survivor notes from Claire. I was laughing. I was thinking of all sorts of things. So I had a blast on right. this episode. Right. All right, let's just dive into the GBG, because you started to delve into it a little bit. What was your... Good. All right, the good. Uh, Caesar Domboy, uh, oh. the guy, the kid who plays uh, Fergus, and who has stolen everybody's hearts. Oh yes, and he deservedly so. By the way, I yes. think the the kid's a good actor, uh, and you know the wedding scene was great. You yes. know, with uh, Father Fogden and, and Marsley was great with her. Hey, you gonna get us? You gonna get us married here or what? You know, yeah, like come on. I love that. But Caesar Domboy, in my opinion, stole it just for the way that he looks at Jamie uh-huh. when he says. When Jamie says, you know, Fraser, you know, like it just, it, it was just, it was one of those things where you felt like, oh my God, this kid just is so appreciative of this, but he, he can't go overboard, but he, he wants to. It's just, it's just so flattering, yeah. you know, um, and everything that, everything that is meant uh, within those words uh, and all that it's implicit in those words. And I felt like Caesar Domboy uh, just just oh my god it. he really did he melted everyone's hearts you loved watching him how he interacted with marcelie with jamie with everybody mm-hmm. oh god yeah yep. he he was good how about your bad uh oh goodness gracious all right so my bad number one the off-scene shipwreck i mean the <laughs> off-camera shipwreck yeah. what are we talking about here you know like p.s the boat fell over, kind of, and, and uh, everybody all these died. people died. That's and, too bad that everybody died. Yeah, well, yeah. at least the ho- ship's hull's intact. You know, like who's gonna who's gonna man the ship? I such, know I will. I know. And then Jamie's <laughs> the captain, and it's just it's such an info dump for no reason. And I get why they didn't show it. Like, 
Ain't nobody got probably, time because we have, what, two episodes left. Right. But it just, the, the, the Outlander verse, it bends itself backwards to make the story revolve around Claire and Jamie. And here's, this whole scene is, is encompass, encompasses this. Okay. Which is, so, somehow there's a storm, like I called, by the way. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. Except it was such a small storm that Claire never saw a part of a storm unless she was passed out for it uh, in the house. Well, what, whatever, whatever. I just but, kind of loved that. Um, it, I mean, did they actually say there was a storm or did they just uh, yeah, say everyone she, died? She said, he said that there was a storm that caused the gales. Of okay. The, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that, but, but Jamie, <laughs> there was no storm but Jamie Island. and his boat, but Jamie and his boat yeah. just happened to end up <laughs> out of all the islands out of every island in the Caribbean yep. on this one island yes. that Claire is on where she got to by accident yep. and you know it would have made sense if she was at the island that she saw that she jumped towards yep. and they ended up on the same island because it was on the way Yes, it made sense Yes, this is like oh my goodness gracious you know and then and, and 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 Jamie all and the the captain of the boat Died. who was who was going to be a problem for Jamie and all of his guys <laughs> they're all dead no problem don't worry about it. we don't have to worry about that anymore all those people who are going to tattletale on you Jamie Fraser don't matter anymore because they're all dead you it, know like what? it's just I think Jamie in the middle of the night actually stood outside the captain's <laughs> yeah. door and he went like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big windy storm. Oh my god! And then and jump then, off the ship. It's the only way to save yourself. And then, and then I think I think the most egregious one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. I do. I think the most <laughs> I think the most egregious one is Claire grabbing the mirror for no reason other than just because. Like when did she become a klepto? Like she's when just... when did Claire Fraser become a, <laughs> become a klepto? She's just taking this guy's mirror. <laughs> For no reason. Like, if she took his brush, I'd be okay with that. Because, like, I want to brush my hair, bro. And we know Claire to brush her hair. We don't think of Claire as, like, vain. Like, oh, man. Need a mirror. I need this. Like- <laughs> I need this in my fanny pack of tricks. <laughs> it's just so, so awful. Um, it's not, but it's just, oh, God, you know. Uh, you would have thought that she would have stolen his upa. I can't even yupa. say it. Yupa. Yeah. Mean, meaning his weed. <laughs> For medicinal purposes. Um, she would have stolen that. But, like, nope. I feel like the show, the show is trying very hard uh, to tear Jamie and Claire apart. Yeah. Only to have them come back again. Only to tear them apart again. Only to have them come Who back are you, to each Leslie other. Leslie and Hayes? Uh, it's just like, what are we doing That's here? That's pretty much what they said. Um, and the great, uh, the great was the entire first 10, 12, 13 minutes of Claire mm. on the island alone going full cast away on us. Um, and the physical acting that Katrina had and everything that she had to do, the direction specifically, um, was absolutely tremendous. It was stunning. It, it was the look of it, uh, the way the camera moved in and out, uh, going from first person to um, to third person, uh, to viewing Claire the way that we do, uh, the focusing in and out in first person, even like that heat wave uh, scene, mm-hmm. uh, just just stunning stuff. Love it. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Probably the most visually arresting stuff the show has done so far. This season. Uh, uh, I would even say throughout its entirety so far. Oh, I would disagree, but okay. It's close. Uh, it's very close. My love, what do you got for your GBG? The wedding for my good. Mm-hmm. 
the whole Fraser name, uh, the conversation about the cock um, made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Marsley, just given all of the Marsley sass. Um, even even the pre-wedding with Marsley and Claire talking about what's going to happen on the wedding night. I just, weddings, man, they give you all the feels. And mm-hmm. this wedding did that for me. And mm-hmm. I loved seeing Jamie and Claire even hug because that's what we do at weddings. We're like, oh my God, love is so sweet. Yes. So I just loved the wedding. That was my good. My bad was Leslie and Hayes. They're just sitting there saying the obvious. Isn't it weird how Jamie's first wife shows up out of the blue all the time? Yeah, it is. Ba-dum-bum-ting. Like, what is going on here? And then even them talking about stinky and nobody wants to bed you. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. But I just kept saying, you're not Rupert and Angus. You're yeah, just I, not them. And you're trying. And I know we're trying to love on you guys, but I'm not. Right. Right, I did. You know, the funny thing is, I didn't mind the stinky part, but I, the one where he's like, "Oh, isn't McDo's wife coming to Netflix?" Yeah, it's like that's when you're trying to shoehorn that's comedy it. in. It's like, come on, dude, it's not. You're not that. My funny. other bad, I needed to throw this in there because you guys know, you know how I felt about the Adam's apple. You know how I felt about the hat tap. You know how I feel about all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Here's something that's going to bother you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Some of you might want to cover your ears because I know a few of you have written and be like, Mary, stop picking these things out because I can't unsee it. Check out the CGI smoke oh my out God. of the pipe <laughs> when Mr. Willoughby is handing over the chicken apologizing. Yes. Okay? You and I, I didn't even know you were going to say that, but. Well, the fact is just there oh and it's God. like obvious CGI Pope. Pipe smoke, yeah. and then the next shots when you see him, no smoke's no smoke. even coming out at all. <laughs> what is going on? So that's a oh, bad. Man. My great was turtle soup and everything that it caused. Yeah. All right. What do we got for the listeners? What's their? Uh, Cindy Reeves kilt? said, "Bolt the door." <laughs> Five kills. Adored this episode. There was so much drama yet humor too. The good. The writers picked many of the best lines from Voyager, yet made the show fresh and new. The scene with Marsley and Claire set the perfect tone for their relationship going. Forward, Cindy loved the conversation about marriage and bairns. You, you being a wise woman, I thought you'd be worth worth asking. The father and Coco were quite a pair too. The actor was quite believable as a stoned, lovesick but sympathetic weirdo. Fergus getting his name was perfect, and I adored him. Cindy's bad. She didn't appreciate every minute of Claire's odyssey through the jungle. It showed just what she risked to find Jamie, but it was a tad long. Cindy actually stopped at one point to see how much of the show is left as she anticipated Jamie and Claire's reunion. Gotta love those reunions. And the great was OMG when they ran along the beach to hold each other and kiss. My heart leapt. Also, kudos to costuming. Jamie looked super hot in that dirty white shirt hanging off his hunky chest. (laughs) And oh my, oh my. Those skin tag tight black britches. Good lord, very great. I was blown away by Cat and Sam's interpretation of the Tudor soup scene. Do you like how I just said that? It's like I just had turtle soup. I know. Turtle <laughs> soup scene. Jamie said all the right things as far as showing concern for Claire's fever and injury, just like in the book. But Sam added that Jamie twinkle in his eye that showed he was more than willing to go along with Claire's request. <laughs> and Tanya Royston says uh, this was a fun episode. It started in peril but ended in laughter. Once again, I have to give credit to the casting department. Yeah. Because Father Fogden was hilariously delightful. And although Mamacita seemed like a Cuban version of Annika, there was no love for Claire. I'm giving this episode 4.5 kilts. The good was Father Coconut, as I have dubbed him. We make our nets from the father. <laughs> the, co- the what? 
Blood is sweet inside. Loved how he immediately tended to Claire when she awoke and genuinely concerned about her well-being. Then when he brought Coco on the shelf into the conversation, I laughed out loud and loved every side-eyed look Claire gave him. His pipe smoking was icing on a very bizarre cake. Claire and Marsley's pre-wedding conversation was such a sweet beginning for their relationship going forward. Marsley didn't have a chance of knowing what true love was with the mother that she had. Seeing her with Claire and finally dropping her defenses was great. The bad, though, although I love seeing Claire kick into high gear, I never really felt like she was in danger. It was more like she would, it was more like, let's now see Dr. Claire's survival skills. The scenes on the beach with the crew seemed all jumbled and did not flow. Exactly how long were they there? One minute they're on the beach, the next they're hoisting a mast. Then they're back on the beach rescuing Claire. Uh, whiplash, anybody? The story only seemed to move an inch forward. They dropped in what we needed to advance the story, but it was all exposition. And the great, of course, was Jamie and Fergus. I had all the feels, all the feels. Yes. When Jamie spoke up at the ceremony and gave Fergus his full name, giving him back Claudel and adding Fraser was just perfect. My second great was the humor throughout the wedding ceremony with its references to Fergus's body parts and Marshley moving it along to bed Fergus tickled me. Sassanac wasted Claire climbing across the table to Jamie was the best. I loved Mr. Willoughby listening at the door with the biggest grin. Hashtag Sassanac wasted. <laughs> and yet she didn't get into a bad situation this time. That's right. Way to go, Claire. She's learning. Girl. Claire Panchere says, wow, I'm really outside the pale here. I didn't like this episode at all. I'm giving it a mere three kilts. Good, Father Fogden, who rode just the right lines between comical, sane, and slightly menacing. The bad Claire's heavy breathing in the jungle. It seemed like she was there for 10 minutes and desperate for water. I did like the snake, though. A good reminder of the untamed wildness all around and the great Jamie giving Fergus his name. Of course he is a Fraser and of course the turtle soup. I loved this book and don't think it as it as uneven as the episode suggests. Seems that one strong episode has been followed by a weak one all season long. Let's see if anyone else agrees with me on this. Well, this episode was entitled Uncharted, and it was written by Shannon Goss and Karen Campbell. These were two of the newer uh, new writers for this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon Goss uh, was famous for writing The Doldrums, and Karen Campbell uh, wrote Creme de Menthe. Yes. And uh, directed by Charlotte Brandstrom. Uh, this woman is actually... Very interesting, as a matter of fact. She was born in France, but she was raised in Sweden, France, and the United States. Holy smokes. She direct, she uh, graduated from the American Film Institute in L.A., and she speaks English, French, and Swedish fluently, and also Spanish and German. It, she's like this really well-rounded woman, and she's directed lots of television and films, over 45 credits. A lot of them are foreign, foreign films and foreign TV shows, but her American credits are Chicago PD... Uh, Colony, the one with uh, Sawyer. Uh, yeah. He, Colony on, on USA. Tyrant, Wallander, Arrow, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, wow. Madam Secretary. And she actually has the next episode of Outlander okay. called The Bakra. Nice. The DP was Alistair Walker. He makes his return from earlier this season. Yeah. And uh, you can tell 
great, great stuff. Great, great, great. The lighting, mm-hmm. the lighting was oh just gosh, was so just gorgeous. gorgeous throughout the entire episode. Yes. Uh, and you know, especially with Claire walking in the in the jungle and the the camera p- looking up at at the, at the sun, and and then you just get that real good feeling of of heat stroke. You yes. know what I mean? Uh, so, my darling, uh, how how do you want to attack this one today? Let's talk about just. I mean, I I feel like this episode was in thirds. You know, it would start off in the jungle. Sure. I mean, can we just give incredible claps? Oh, yes. Balf. Yep. yep. Oh, my goodness. Yep. First and foremost, <laughs> when that turtle was going across it, I was like, I know what that is. Oh, on the title cut? But then, yeah, but then it almost looked like she was floating on the turtle. And I was like, is this Pirates of the Caribbean? Because it goes from, <laughs> from, right from the title card to her floating, and it was the same coloring. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I said this on our second viewing that I, for being someone who's not a lifelong actor, mm-hmm. Katrina Balf is just bringing it. Right. She is kicking butt and taking names. I am thrilled with her acting. Um, remembering the rule of threes. Did you know these rule of threes? No, did that not. You can hold your breath for three minutes. I thought it was. I thought it was two, but what the hell do I know? I could probably <laughs> do it for sixty seconds. That's it. And then the three days with drinking water. I knew that one. Mm-hmm. And then the going without food. Three weeks. Yeah. No. Hold did not know that. the front door <laughs> how is it even possible i could i can't even go three hours right amen <laughs> amen but i loved that claire had um she had all these abilities she had all this knowledge even how to start fire you know thanks sure. to living with uncle lamb i think you know people who see this and say how does she know how to do that a she lived with jamie and they <laughs> lived in the woods and did all those travels while collecting for rent so she learned a lot about you know, just sleeping outdoors, but also she lived with Uncle Lamb, so she got to do that. How happy were you that she brought her fanny pack? Very happy. She needed the fanny pack. <laughs> you know, in the, she at least needed to to light up her her bum roll. You know, like yes. <laughs> do you like that I'm calling it the fanny pack? I know because <laughs> I was like, why does she still have that? Oh yes, you can light it on fire. All the stuff that she brought, brilliant. Yeah, kept on all of her clothes. Mm-hmm. However, I know, like, girl, why are you wearing all them clothes? So it's Blake, hot. Blake and I used to watch this show called Naked and Afraid on the Discovery <laughs> Channel where a man and a female, they were dropped in a forest naked. And it was like Survivor except they were naked. And, and they was, were afraid. It was a terrible show. We watched it when I was pregnant and it was a terrible show, I'll tell you that. But I just kept thinking, Claire, why are you not taking off some of your clothes? You're wearing so much clothes. I understand mm-hmm. not wanting to get a sunburn, but goodness gracious. And then I thought to the first time she traveled through the stones and when she was just wearing a shift, a.k.a. a beautiful white dress that mm-hmm. still to this day I would love to wear. Hmm. But she was, of course, um, accosted by Blackjack Randall and told she looked like a whore. So she probably kept on all those clothes. <laughs> just in case. Just in case she bumped into somebody on this sense. road that she was searching for and she didn't want to be told that she was a she was a whore. Even though, gosh, that is her, like, aside from Sassanac, that's the second most common name people call her. Mm-hmm. Is a whore. Mama Cita <laughs> called her today. Did you like that? I even rolled my R. You did. Whore. So we got Marsley calling her whore, Mama Cita calling her whore. How about those ants? Oh, God. That made you make that sound in bed. I remember we were watching it on our iPad, and you were you were like shaking. You're like, this is disgusting. Those ants looked amazing. They did. Even though they were CGI, they looked fantastic. They looked so good. You know, I'm so surprised. A lot of the comments that I've read in the clan... Um, a lot of people weren't happy with the amount of time that they spent with Claire 
in full castaway mode. And I, I completely disagree. I, I felt like this was the most interesting part of the entire episode. Why? Like, what did it do for you in Voyager? Um, well, it, and it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, Crisis Claire is the best. I love Crisis Claire. Crisis Claire is the one who gets who gets things done, and it's, it's all business, and I just love watching her. Well, this is full Crisis Claire mode. Here she is trying to survive for her life. Yes. She is all alone. She is stuck alone on this island. And licking you, plants. Li- yeah, licking weird plants. <laughs> like, I mean, getting eaten by ants and almost strangled by boa constrictors. Like, what are we talking? You need to see that. You need to see the gravity of her choice that she made when she jumped off that boat. I was really glad there wasn't a voiceover of her saying... This was the first time that I thought fondly of Boston. Yeah, I know. Like, and that's what I actually was. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, hey, Boston ain't looking so bad now, ain't it? Right? <laughs> you know, like thinking about that. You left at Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> when it was cold, and Brianna had that Boston cream pie yep. from the <laughs> and, fridge and hot dogs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll say this: I think the writers, if they had the guts they would have had no voiceovers what? whatsoever. In this episode? In this episode. They would have they would have just left Claire. They would have left that alone. Why and do just, you always say if they had guts? I think that's very insulting. Well fine. Um if you, I think if I, you had done this episode had I done the episode There you go. That's much kinder. I would have left I would have had no voiceover and I would have had no talking. I would have had just Claire walking through the woods because everything that she's telling you you can see in Katrina's phenomenal physical acting. I wouldn't have known the threes. Probably not, but you could infer that. Like you could infer the fact that she's thirsty. She's needs thirsty water. as hell, and she needs water because she Correct. goes to the plants and she's like trying to lick it off with her fingers. And <laughs> and then when she's sitting out over the ocean, being like, "I don't know where I am. I don't know if I'm going to find Jamie." She's saying all this, but there's this moment when she's looking out over the ocean, and it pans to her face and you see her eyes and they're wide and they're darting from left to right. So you're saying her because, chin, of, because of, of how amazing Katrina did, yes. you don't need any of that. Correct. You don't need it because Katrina is telling you visually. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And commandment number six, show, don't tell. Yeah. Right? So no, I get it. I get it. Katrina hit it out of the ballpark. She did. She was Loved amazing. getting lost with her. I agree. I've seen a lot of people saying they didn't like being lost. Maybe it was just we'll because see. it reminded me of uh, of Lost. I mean, uh, what I mean, what do you think? I don't know. You have to go back, Kate. It reminded me of Lost a little bit, seeing Claire ro- ro- see, <laughs> run around through I the jungle. Fun. I had I was fine watching it, but then at the end, when I remember there's only two episodes left, and there's so much ground to cover, I was a little mad for a second because I was like, wait a second. Yeah, and they I think spent, that, yeah. they spent twelve minutes on that when. We got a lot more stuff to go. So much more of this book to cover. Like we only got two more episodes, and we haven't even touched getting getting to see uh, We Ian. Nope. We haven't even touched it. Like it's it's not even in the same realm. Do you think they're gonna find him in this season? Yes, I do. Really? I do. I, I I if if anything, the way that the pace of this season has gone, I would say they're gonna find him next episode. Oh. Okay. I say that they find him next episode, and that sets up the final conflict uh, for the for the finale. Interesting. Okay. Speaking of Claire and Crisis Claire, mm-hmm. how did she not break down and cry 
I would have. What do you mean? Probably because she didn't have any water for tears. <laughs> so she knows she's not even close to the right island. Yeah. She doesn't know where she is. Mm-hmm. She can't find people. She's getting bit by ants, cuddled with a snake, all sorts of things. Right. And she doesn't cry at all. She, no pity party time for Claire. It's all business. Not all business. And I loved seeing her walk through the um, through through the the forest on a mission, on a mission to to get somewhere. She doesn't know where. No. And you could see her struggling, like I talked about earlier. You know, um, the the director choosing to go first person or doing third person there's even these great shots like there's these there there were these great establishing shots of like the the camera pulling up away from the forest showing how big yes this forest is and showing how small claire is even like there was this other great shot when claire was on the beach and she claire was this little teeny tiny speck Mm -hmm. and they have this massive beach it's just showing you how alone Claire really is. Did you keep singing Moana songs in your head? The whole time. <laughs> You're welcome. That's all I was thinking. <laughs> Consider the coconuts, the nuts in the trees. The island gives us what we need. <laughs> yeah. The water's sweet inside. And the water was not sweet inside the coconut she found. No, no. And again, that's another reason why you need you need this traveling throughout mm-hmm. the whole forest and why I think it's the most interesting thing that the show was done in a while. Like, remember how I said it last episode or maybe two episodes ago where I was like, the show is just feeling repetitive. It's feeling like it's just, it's like paint by numbers almost. And they're yeah. not taking any risks. This is a risk. This is something that they don't normally do. No, I agree. It and was risky. We enjoyed it. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was a great example of Katrina's acting abilities, mm-hmm. of the lighting, of the, uh, everything. Okay, you know how we were just talking about water, though? Sure. I'm ready to transition out of this. What do you got? When she finally gets that drink of water, <laughs> all she wanted was a damn bendy straw. <laughs> Mama Sita. And like, she's to like trying to drown her. Drown her. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's awkward enough to try to, you know, like how you feel like you're laying down and like you're sick, you got to take pills yes. and you don't want to sit up. So you try to drink yes. it at the same time with laying down. You can't and you choke. It's hard enough to do that. Okay. But then you have some lady pouring half a gallon of water down your throat. <laughs> you're like, where's the bendy straw? Like, where, where do I, how do I start? Like, you know, like, I, I was feeling, I was feeling it. Oh there. my God, I felt it too. How did you feel when Mama Sita saw the zipper? Oh, you see, I wish they had a little bit more, because I don't know how much we're going to end up seeing of Mama Sita. Okay. Or Father Fogden. Uh-huh. And, you know, Outlander's funny because it introduces these random characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All the time. Yes. And and then they come in and they just poof, gone, you know. Yeah. Um so it makes me wonder if Mama Sita, and I hate to say this because this is such a conspiracy theorist, if she's a traveler too. Okay. Because if she's a traveler too, then it just it's the, the the amount of travelers that may may or may not be in this show, uh-huh. it's starting to like demystify the whole traveling portion of this How show. Many travelers are there? What that's, are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. So like, I, like I always thought that. Well, we all we know that Galus was a traveler. Correct. I always thought that Master Ramon was a traveler. Okay. Um. Who who knows? You, you feel like that Brianna is going to be going to be a traveler at some point. I do. I feel like Roger is going to be a traveler at some point. At least I do. Uh, given their lineages. And then I feel like if, if Mama Sita's a traveler, she recognizes this zipper. Like, who else is going to recognize it? <laughs> and she looks at Claire like, oh, okay, you're that per. Okay, all right, cool. I, 
I got you. You know, I like, got you slash get out of my house. Yes, right. <laughs> so you took it that she was a time traveler. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if she. That's that's a take in development. Okay, but but I still. It's a weird thing because I don't know if they're going to build on it. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I liked this whole sequence. I, I liked Claire with the green stuff on her legs. She's tied down. Father Fogden's going a little crazy. Um, even even Mama Sita is like, get this girl out of my, the whore, get her out of my house. Yeah. Because she might be trying to replace um, my daughter. All great stuff. And I think the subtext here of this scene is really important. Mama Sita has lost a daughter. Claire has lost not only Brianna, but she's also lost Faith. So Claire can kind of understand that. But on the other level here, too, we have Father Farnton talking about being in love with Mamacita's daughter. And he would do anything. He'd, he'd give up the priesthood. He'd give everything up. And Claire did the same. Mm-hmm. You know, Claire gave everything up for Jamie. And she went off to this far-off land. And Father Fogden is somewhat of a a mirror for Claire. If she if Claire doesn't end up finding Jamie, she could end up on this island talking to a freaking coconut just like Father Coconut over here. <laughs> What's up with guys keeping their dead honeys or supposedly dead honeys closed for 15 plus years? I don't know. Jamie and now Father Fogden. Yeah. <laughs> and your dad. And my dad did that too. And it, it, the clothes are still there by the way. Still there, hanging up in the closet. How many, how many years? Uh, my mom died in 2001, so that's uh, 16 years. So he's beat Father Fogden less than Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. So maybe this is a thing guys do. Hey, what's up with guys, too, that are alone, uh, keeping weird items to talk to? Like uh, Father Fogden talking to a coconut? I All I could think of was Castaway and Wilson. Seriously. Wilson! All the Wilson references. Wilson! <laughs> that's all i could think of the whole time oh my gosh like what are we doing here but what it, are we doing with arabelle Just talking about talking uh, to things oh my god first and foremost the second time i watched it mm-hmm. when claire was taking her little tubby time mm-hmm. i was like where are those beetles are they close to the tub <laughs> because she like looked in there was like a shelf i'm like are those beetles near the tub i'd be so nervous to be near those well i think things. those were pre- prior to the beetles she, the, Claire was taking the tubby before the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the Beatles still were somewhere. They were in a box. Somewhere. I would have been so uncomfortable. I would have been like, I just took a tub next to those things. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Ew. that moment of relief on her face when she does get in the tub. It's like oh, it's like when you go beautiful. camping for like a week and like you take your first shower afterwards. Oh my God, I was thinking that's how I feel when I have to go pee so badly and I'm shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get stuck in traffic and you're like, I just, I should have peed at the store. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you finally get home. That's how I felt when I saw that. I was like, I know that feeling in a different way, but I know that feeling. Because oh, I've never been man. that dirty. I've never been so disgustingly dirty for multiple days. Oh, I have. I know you have. I've smelt you. <laughs> You smell like beef and cheese, as they say from Elf. Yes. I went camping for a week. Yeah, I, I, and there was a shower at the campground. There was. And a pond. And it was not used. <laughs> it's because I was with a bunch of dudes. What do you expect? We don't care. To be clean and not smell like beef and cheese, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, how did you feel about that whole conversation with Arabelle and... Uh, then those little beetles, and then that random flashback to Margaret Campbell. Well, I, you know, actually, I appreciated the, the the flashback because I would have never 
put together the Ebendawe or whatever. Oh, because we all don't have a photographic memory like Claire? I know, right? <laughs> I never would have put that together. I mean, I could I could see why Claire would remember that. This this crazy lady is telling her that she's going to get devoured. I would never remembered it. I would have been like, some girl was jibber-jabbering all over the place. Abba-dabba-jubba-da. Jibber-jabbering. Jibber-jabbada. This was crazy jibber-jabber. She was scatting. you missed a T? Zippity-doo-da. I don't even know. Oh, man. That's what I would have come back. I would have been like, oh my gosh, Jamie, some girl told me I'm going to go to zippity-doo-da. And zippity-doo-da was going to eat me? Yes. I don't get it. Idea. So, what what is this all about? Um, well, I got an outlandish theory about oh, okay, this. Okay, so, so I'll leave that. I'll, I'll leave that there. But um, those beetles made me uncomfortable. All the bugs made me uncomfortable in this episode. I just, I can't. Oh God, I just oh, it gets me so frustrated. Bugs? No, the when they talk about the Arabelle, Arabella, and oh, is it Arabelle? It was a, it, whatever her name. I'm is. making up her name. What? <laughs> Annabelle, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just. Ariel, um, it just frustrates me that the guy is like, yeah, some Chinaman ate my goat. And why does it frustrate you? Because, because how the hell is Jamie at this island? I just oh, and l- listen, it's hard to expect pure logic from a show that has its main character travel through stones through two hundred years of time. I get that. Sometimes you just have to. Suspend your disbelief for a little bit. But this season, like this episode is, in my opinion, a microcosm of this season so far. Meaning there's so much to love about this season. Yes. Like I was I was just reading an article today um, unrelated to this episode. But the reason why it caught my attention was because it was the, the gif of... Black Jack Randall, Jif, Gif, whatever, uh, going to touch Jamie at the battle uh, okay. from the battle joined, and like that is a moment. Yeah, like that is special. From um, this moment, <laughs> like that is something that you look back. Like I will never forget that. Like that was special, and and I think one of the listeners has said this earlier. This season has, has been one great episode followed by a not so great of, a, of an episode. I've had a blast. Well, well let me, I've let me finish. Let me finish. Um, what I'm getting at is I thought the first five, six episodes of this season was tremendous. And then once we started getting into the new writers, it's been all over the place. And there's so much to love about this season. Mm-hmm. There's so much. And there's also some stuff where you're like, whoa, like, come on, what are we doing here? Like the coincidences and, and how the show is relying on the coincidences. Okay. And this episode is a microcosm of that because it, it contains all of it. You just need to embrace it. I don't know if I can. I, well, I, you're too, too late. I mean, I really you're want to. Both feet are in. You jumped in, baby. I, I really want to. I really want to embrace it all. Maybe because it was so quick. So there was a lot of other things that were filled in for this part of the book yeah. a lot. And so maybe it just felt too coincidental because it was all happening so quickly, yeah, because, especially with Claire spending 12 minutes in the woods. I, but again, I, I love that part, but yes, just the grabbing of the mirror and that, that kind of thing. Like it's um, it, it, like, this is one of those episodes where like, if you love outlander, uh-huh. like you, you just love everything about it and you, you're going to just accept it as it is. This episode is is going to be amazing for you because it has everything for you. It has it has the love, it has the 
they're them being reunited it has the wedding it has the sex uh it has crazy characters like father fogden and little mystical stuff with the with uh, the abendawe cave and and in mamacita with the you know the, with yeah. the goats and the and and it's got it all it, it's got it all but cornucopia it, but it's like uh it's like gilded it, it has like this spine that's fractured in the middle because it's just relying on this real big happenstance yet again out of all get, the islands to get our to get our our title couple not only ripped apart from each other but the plot demands that they get back together again so guess what the plot demands that Jamie maybe the universe island. demands it Blake because they're soulmates and they're supposed to be together well that's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking about this maybe it's just me being overly critical and, 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 <laughs> no, and really and maybe it just really? maybe it is however. There could be an if someone wanted to argue with me about it, they wanted to make this argument, yep. I could at least have a conversation. The conversation would be maybe this is um a fictional story. No, no, no. This is like <laughs> I mean, yes, it's a fictional story. Of course. But it, it, but even then, <laughs> if if this was a real life thing, okay. You okay, fine. But since it's fictional, it's even worse because it's a fictional world and you have every right. Oh my god. And well, let me let me finish. You have every right to do whatever you please to make your story go forward. And then but you choose this this random happenstance. Anyway, the the conversation I could have with you would or anybody would be maybe this is a fate fate-based thing that the gods and the fates and the destinies or whatever you want to call it are pushing these two together for a reason whether it be true love whether it be to change history whether it be to make history whether it be to uh, continue on with their lives or to more conveniently continue on with this story but either way what if it is an indictment on not an indictment but uh, uh, an exercise in destiny and since Claire has come back through time, perhaps time is pushing these two together to fulfill the rest of their destiny. I think you finally got your Outlander gold star. <laughs> Does this mean you will stop being... Bang. Right? There you go. A like, I feel like, like I you said, need I said, like I said. a document with like a little <laughs> seal on it, kind of like a diploma. If, if Okay, like I said... <laughs> If that's the case, the way that this is happening, I would feel that I feel that's a little cheap. What? If that if that were the case, but at least I could have a conversation. Just drink all the, the other stuff. The, all the other stuff, I I can't get on. I well, can't. we're gonna take a quick break because I'm sick of that conversation. <laughs> Just gave you a gold star. We wanted to remind you that episode 107 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Jones Street Press, Boutique Stationery and Design. Chrissy, uh, the owner, she is phenomenal. She will take care of you. She'll take care of everything that you want to do that you want to do with either the stationery or these boutique mugs that she makes uh, that have all these Outlander sayings on it. Uh, it's actually really cool. I, I, when, I, when we got in touch and we decided to be partners, I was really excited about it because. 
Like I was just as excited about this as 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 another sponsor of ours. So um, she's a huge Outlander fan. Huge Outlander fan. It's a one woman owned and operated business. I mean, yes. talk, talk about Claire. If Claire yes. if Claire was running a business, I feel like she'd be Chrissy. Female power. Uh, everything is is American. Obviously, it's in it's in uh, Georgia, and Frankity. she ships yep. worldwide. Anywhere you want, anywhere you want to go. If you're in England, maybe you're in South Africa, maybe you're in uh, Saint Domingue. There you go. She'll she'll send you one of those fancy so her mugs. So items can be great stocking stuffers. To guarantee Christmas delivery in the U.S., mugs must be ordered by December 8th. So don't forget that. December 8th, guys. And you can use the code CAST10, so that's C-A-S-T-1-0, for 10% off any mug or notepad purchased through December 16th. So remember, uh, go to... Uh, jonesstreetpress.com and check her out and uh, you can find her actually on Instagram too at at jonesstreetpress and just click on the link in her bio for the access to her Etsy shop and trust me you're not going to regret checking this out you're not going to regret it at all it's gonna, they're they're beautiful. Like that's really cool. I'm gonna check it out right now. Yes, you are. <laughs> you know how I do this. Um, can we talk about while while you do that? Can we talk about the <gasps> wedding real quick? So pretty. I know. Isn't it really pretty? Yep. Um, uh, the, the wedding. The wedding is uh, was a great thing. Even 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 Father Fogden, uh, talking about the he's like he's missing a hand. You know, like <laughs> I can't marry if you don't have a cock. Yeah, <laughs> and what's your name and um and. And I actually really loved before the wedding spending time with Marcelie and Claire, and uh, you know even though even though the conversation is is a tad bit awkward, like how do you mm-hmm. prevent you know kids being born or whatever, uh, I was really hoping they wouldn't go into the details of that, and they they didn't, which was good. Um, but I, I you finally get a chance to see the sweetness of Marcelie and the sweetness of their relationship. And where their her relationship with Claire could go in the future, yeah. Where Claire, even though she still has not said more than a, a sentence and a half to Fergus this season, <laughs> um, she she is a surrogate mother for Claire and um, for for Fergus, and yep. she can be a, a surrogate mother for Marsley too. And one other thing I I got from from the wedding scene, um, you know, I I was making light of it earlier where. You know the show bends backwards to make sure it centers around Claire and Jamie and gives them every opportunity to be together, to rip them apart, to get to bring them back again, to create drama. But as I was watching this wedding scene, and my love, I want to get your opinion on this. I couldn't help as both Claire and Jamie stood off to the side, mm-hmm. watching this wedding, that gravity around the two of them just pulls people in and without them there none of this would be happening correct you know um things seem to revolve around the two universe (laughs) where's my gold star yeah um no things characters and people and um you know we talked earlier in the season about jamie like you know gathering this band of kind of misfits uh, and and going on with his life and running his business, and the same thing with Claire and Jamie, like they they they're like the leaders. They're they're the the pack leaders, and it just felt like all of this is happening because of them. Do you mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I I for some reason I, I got a really warm feeling from that. I I felt like they were like proud parents I, I, of the whole group. 
you know, like. No, I totally get it. Because at first I felt a little weird that Jamie wasn't standing right next to Fergus, that mm-hmm. he didn't have the ring. Like, mm-hmm. why are you not up there, buddy? But to have more of this father, mother focus, standing off to the side, letting the youngins do it, you know, like a true bridesmaid and bride groomsman, you, you know, they're young. They're always like your age. They're your friends. They're not your parents. Right. So it did. It felt just right. Yeah. And the way that they framed those shots, showing them still there, still present, but not in the, the limelight. Right. The moment wasn't about them. No. But you're right. The moment wouldn't have happened without them. Right. And and uh, I, I think I, I have to give credit again to Charlotte Branstrom, the, the, the director. She yes. was phenomenal. She allowed that wedding scene to be funny, uh, but also to speak for itself uh, and to have Claire and Jamie be a part of it, but not the main part of it. In which I feel like this is almost a passing of the torch from Jamie and Claire as they get older to i mean i was doing the math claire is like in her late 40s now maybe even 50 right and she's getting older and so is jamie and we're now having this younger generation of frasers come about and all these people come about it's kind of like okay we're gonna start centering our relationships our love our care our desire for these characters yes it will always be with claire and jamie always but now we have these other people that we can. It's like when the it's pillars. like right now. It's like now, like when you get when you get older and like you start having Christmas at your own house, and you start having Thanksgiving at your own house, and you start doing your own things outside of your parents, and it's kind of awkward. Like you're not really sure what to do or how to do it. But you're creating your own family and your own traditions right. in some ways. Right. I understand. That, that's, yes, that's the way that I feel about it. Uh, my love, are you ready for the Kendra thought of the week? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. Blake. Well, we finally got our turtle soup served up just in time for Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that's fun and all, but can I tell you just how much I adored the beginning of this episode? Those who know me well know that I'm a horse fanatic from way back. So when we got a blessedly almost dialogue-free, gorgeously shot, grandly cinematic first 20 minutes of Claire washing up on an island and fighting to survive, well, I was like a kid again watching Francis Ford Coppola's The Black Stallion. Hmm. Visually, musically, magically, Alec and Black's time on the island is one of my favorite film experiences of all time. So this beautiful nod to Coppola's genius had me quelling to the point where I'd say it's my favorite thing so far this entire series. And I know I said that last week about Mr. Willoughby's uh, monologue. However, I think this is right up there. Of course, that says possibly more about me and about why I love the art of film more than it does about Outlander as a whole, but never mind that. Boy, did I ever love this episode. All the goodies were still intact, while some of the silly stuff, do we really need a pirate battle on top of everything else, is thankfully gone. Father Fogden and Wilson, (laughs) or sorry, Coco... Was just as I'd pictured, and the actor recalls the humor and charm of Irish actor and comedian Billy Connolly. Marsley continues to grow into a favorite character, and her witticisms showcased in the wedding scene were perfect. I loved seeing Fergus's reaction to Jamie giving him his name. Such a warm, genuine moment between these two actors. Honestly, though, 
the whole wedding scene is so hilarious, both in the book and in the show's depiction, that you have to wonder if Diana wrote it after watching an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> as long as he's not missing his cock, <laughs> John Cleese would be very proud. And now for the soup. I'm not crazy about hearing Jamie's pillow talk. It's uncomfortable because it, it's just not very believable when you lift it off the page and place it in an actor's mouth. It's just so purple. However, I think it's the spirit of this scene that people love, including me. It's less about being seductive and more about playfulness and having fun. A higher echelon than pure passion, in my opinion. If you can be silly while being intimate, that means something all important. Your lover is also your friend. Sadly, that doesn't always happen, but it should. And Jamie and Claire proved to be a shining example of this. Was the dialogue stiff and a tad cringy? Mm, sure. But who cares? I'll take seconds, please. Hell, I'll drink it straight from the shell. You know what? I think this is my first five kilter of the season. And it's not because of the soup alone. Any good meal works based on a careful and complex layering of flavors. And the very best contain balance. Spicy with sweet savory with freshness or bright citrus this does just that and i loved every bite well i can't wait to hear your thoughts and i'll talk to you next week sayonara from japan see kendra has quoted unknowingly at least uh the first commandment of the outlander cast commandments which is the show must be balanced yes <laughs> yes 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 it, and i do want to mention when jamie said Oh, your nipples are like cherries staring. Oh my God. I cringed. I was like, You oh. did. Yes. I was like, Oh. Can, can you just picture cherry shaped nipples? No. <laughs> Freaking <laughs> weird. Who the hell says that? Oh, my God. Maybe some people do. Oh, my God. I just keep thinking about a Sunday. <laughs> like the mound with the cherry on top. Oh, my God. Just, I, I was like, I felt awkward for him. Because you know he read that. He was like, whoa, wait, I, I got to say this? Like, do I really got to say this? Can we, can we just leave that out? Like, <laughs> He practiced it. He practiced it. He practiced it over and over probably. Like, how am I going to say this without laughing? <laughs> I also noticed during the scene that his 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 collarbone has muscles. Oh, my God. <laughs> muscles man, on muscles. Man is ripped. He Speaking of cherries, he's, I don't think he's eaten ice cream in about four years. Oh, God. <laughs> doesn't even say that word it's a swear word i bet and you know kendra brought up uh, the black stallion which i think is a great uh, uh uh comparison but one of the comparisons i got uh from the beginning of this episode was saving Private ryan you know the handheld camera uh. with the water going down under uh, with the camera going underneath the water and when you're up above the water you hear this the waves yes. crashing and the breathing okay. and the moving but when you go underwater it's calm yep and it's muffled um in, it's something that Outlander really hasn't done yet. It hasn't. It hasn't had that kind of Until now. visual vocabulary. Uh, the, even the handheld camera, as Claire is walking up, and it's shaky and and it's unsteady. It's it's representative of of everything that they're trying to accomplish in this one scene. And again, it, it's not something that Outlander has really done. And I, again, it, that visual vocabulary being established is is tremendous, in my opinion. I agree. It, again, why I love this episode. Except you gave it a 4.3. Because of the other things that I just couldn't take. You couldn't even give it a 4.5, a 4.6. No, I could. Listen, all right. 
Maybe I'll maybe I will revise the kilt rating. I to think 4. you should. 5. I'll re- I'll revise it to four point five. How's You've that? You've gushed on so many things that you've loved about this episode, and then to give it such a low rating. Pish posh. Uh, Pish posh. Twiddle twaddle. Right. What is the outlandish theory of the week? I want to let you know that this outlandish theory of the week is brought to you by Celtic Eternity. Please visit CelticEternity.com and get 10% off Celtic and Scottish rings with the coupon code OutlandCast. Oh, Yay. you know, I, I noticed that Claire is still wearing Frank's ring. Yeah. I, I wonder why. Why? He's dead. You know, she's moved on. I got like why. I got why. She was wearing it when he he was still alive. Like I make, that makes sense, but why is she wearing Frank's ring now? Because she has for oh my gosh, how many years? She's worn it since she was married to Frank. That's what I'm saying. Like that. I, that that I, represents that is that is so special. That not only represents Frank, it represents her raising Brianna in Boston. Mm-hmm. It represents her her entire other life. That's the only thing that she can have on her that can remind her of her entire other life that won't be questioned mm-hmm. in this time frame. I would. I'd keep it on. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, all right. Now let's do the. <laughs> what uh, sorry, is your I was just thinking about it. I know you were. All right. So we the theory is this: we have uh, Father Fogden talking about Abendawe. Yeah. And it goes back to uh, uh, the the Campbell lady talking about how Ab- Abendawe will devour you. And Father Fogden even says it, it's hallowed, the cave is hallowed to the natives of Jamaica, a great place of power. It's said that folk disappear there. All the time. <laughs> so this to me feels like stones from Scotland that travelers come in and out of Jamaica via this cave. And I, I hearken back to where Dr. Joe says, hey, we found this woman in Jamaica in this cave, uh, and Claire uses her magneto powers and decides that she's murdered. <laughs> this is where, this Abendawe cave is where I think the climax of this show is going to end ah. up being. And I, yes, the cave may devour Claire, but in a way that we don't think. And I end up, I'm thinking that Claire finds Galus at this cave because Galus is trying to get back to the future. <laughs> uh, she's trying to get back to the future. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. For what reason, I don't know yet. But she's using this cave to get back there. And Claire is going to have to prevent Galus from leaving the past, and Claire is going to be the one that murders Galus in this cave. And it's not, it's it's a figurative devour. Claire is going to have to give up her her life, her her oath of healing people for the sake of killing Galus. And I feel like Claire will be the one to murder Galus. Oh God, Blake, that is really anti-Claire, but, oh, you know. That's, I'm, that's why it's a choice, it's and a, that it's choice. It's a wonderful, outlandish theory. I will give you a full-fledged, interesting. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Charlie. What do you? You're what, welcome. What do you got for me? Mark me. Please hang up and try again.
Final thoughts, my love. What do I you had got? so much fun. I totally want to eat turtle soup. I don't even know what's in it. I totally want to eat it because Katrina Balfe made me drool. <laughs> right? It looks good. It Although looked, the green part, I'm not sure if I was, I'd be into the green. looked like she was so into it. I said it on Facebook Live the other night. She could have been drinking bath water and I would still want to <laughs> taste it because her acting, eating that soup was so phenomenal, slurping up every single drip. Eating I was like, give me some. bath water. I think she eats bath salts. She turned into a zombie. No. Okay. How about you? Final thoughts for you. Final thoughts. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of room left here. We better get hopping on this story. Here we go. We better get moving because... Because Jenny Murray's already found Ian, brought him back, had five more babies. We're burning <laughs> to go. We, th- I just feel like there's no momentum. <laughs> there, there's no momentum going forward. We've been stuck now for a little bit, which is great. I, I like being stuck because you get a chance to know your characters. But like, we got two more episodes left. Let's get some momentum into this finale. Obviously, Jamie doesn't care about finding Ian anymore. He's like, man, we can go on the boat later. Granted, I know they needed to wait for the tide. I know. But he was kind of like, let's just get married and hang out and do these things. And I'm like, where's the urgency? Yeah, like, we, come on. What are we doing here? Like, ugh. Seriously, Jenny Murray would have found him, been back, had five more babies and cooked a pie. <laughs> you ready to close it out? Yes. This Nobel Peace Prize award winning yes. episode of Outlander Cast? Yes. Let's do it. Wanted to give a huge thank you to our most recent iTunes reviewers, JCSR Funds, that I found this podcast at the start of season three, and I found it to be perfect for me. Real people talking intelligently about the star show Outlander without spoilers or book spoilers. Mary and Blake have actually found a way for me to enjoy the show even more. I feel like I'm part of the clan. Enjoy geeking out over production details and also snort laughing along with my hosts (laughs) with my laugh, not theirs. They really value with their listeners and make it a welcoming environment. Thanks so much to Mary and Blake oh, no, for walking sn- us into I your I snort life. too. I yeah, totally she, snort. But I think she was just trying to cover and be kind know, to she's, you. she's being very nice. Sassy Sassanak also wrote in and said, I love Mary and Blake and their brand of humor. Their dedication to the Outlander series is fantastic. Mary's a book reader and Blake is a series watcher. With this combination, they are able to give a balanced viewpoint when they review Outlander. I look forward each week to hear the reviews of Sunday's newest episode and then later in the week to hear the listener feedback episode. If you're looking for a podcast that gives you insight into Outlander. This is the podcast to you, for you, and I just want to say thank you to those two reviews. You warmed my heart, especially after yeah, it, last I, week's mean ones. I, do we have any more mean mean reviews? No, no. No, no more mean reviews? The mean ones have stopped. I do also want to give a big thank you to our top patrons, Peg, Ann, and Bobby, Sharon, Tracy, Carolyn, Lisa, Meredith, Amy, Christina, Sue, Keelan, Meredith, Liz, Dana and Nikki, and also Michelle, Tara, Jennifer, Lauren, Heather, and Marilyn. Thank you guys so much, and thank you to all of our patrons who really help make this possible. Yes. This is what helps us pay for the sitter that we're paying for right now to watch our bairns so that we can podcast. <laughs> that right. makes the site possible, all the equipment. It's thanks to you guys, and you can become a patron. At really patreon.com slash outlandercast for as little as $2 a month. You can get our episodes early uh, before wide release, or you get to listen to my chapter-by-chapter analysis of the first book of the Outlander series, Outlander. I admit I have not done one in a while, 
But I do promise that once the season is over, I will actually complete it. I was told to wait for Droughtlander. I was told to wait. So at least I have that going So there's for something me. to do. There's something to do when there's Droughtlander going on. Yes, right. I and, understand. And, and uh, so, yeah, you can find everything, uh, all that stuff at Patreon.com. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking of uh, patrons, you will actually be hearing Bobby uh, next Yay! for our Outlander uh, uh, second episode uh, of, of this week for the listener episode? feedback. She awesome. will be joining us that episode because she is of that level. And also, we are so close to our next goal. Oh my gosh, guys. We are so close. I think so, we're only like 200 bucks away. Once again, the next goal gets to decide, the patrons get to decide what our next podcast is going to be, especially during Droughtlander. Is it going to be about a show? Is it going to be about a movie series? The shows that so far have been offered have been what? Oh, uh, The Americans, uh, Lost, Poldark. Uh, I'm surprised nobody has mentioned This Is Us. Oh, uh, uh, This Is Us was one of them oh, was mentioned. I haven't watched it yet. And I kind of want to. I know. I, I kind of want to do The Americans. Uh, Mad Men was also one. Wow. Uh, but it could be movie series. It could be, it could be It could be anything. But the patrons get to decide. Yep. So if you want to become a patron and decide what our next podcast is going to be to keep you company during Droughtlander, while we still keep you company on OutlanderCast, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash OutlanderCast. That's right. Actually, you know what? We could even do the new Ron Moore series, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Hey, hey. That's coming out in so January. So January 18th. You never know. We might do that. Uh, maybe we'll even do a Marvel series uh, for, for the Marvel movies. That's a good one, too. I like that. That, that was the, recommended. It's... It's a limited option. It's guys. Um, and then once we get once we get to it, we will have you guys vote, and that'll be that. But we got to get to sixteen hundred per month. I think we're only two hundred bucks away from that, so we're close. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, so I'm really excited, and I'm really excited because uh, next week is our finale party. So thank you for those of you who've bought your tickets. Those of you who can't attend, don't worry. We're going to be doing a Facebook Live on Sunday night of the finale party. Can't wait! All right, guys. My name's Mary, and. Uh... <laughs> I'm uh, Blake. I'm Blake. Yes, you are. That's how it goes. Okay. Who's sick? (laughs) (laughs) Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.